buddy. Rolling like a big shot. Chevy tuned up like a NASCAR pit stop. Fresh paint job. Fresh inside. It's the outside frame in the trunk wide. All the rims big, do it right good. Lean back, right hand on the plywood. Alrighty, guys, welcome back to Get the Puck Out, presented by DeanBlundell.com. I am your host, Chris Mancuso, and we are here for a special interview recap series. That's right, an old friend of the show, one Ken Bone, was down at the Enterprise Center last night. He took in the NHL skills competition, and Ken Bone, how are you today, my friend? I'm doing real well, Chris. Happy to be here. Yeah, man, it's good to talk to you. I think it's been about four or five months since we actually sat down and talked a little hockey together. Glad to hear you. Uh, I know we spoke on uh, before we got on here. You had a good new year and everybody uh, was safe and happy. Buddy, let's get right into it. First off, I want to say, how was the atmosphere in St. Louis hosting the All-Star Game after their first, uh, like after the first Stanley Cup? Uh, how was it yesterday? Uh, it was absolutely electric. You know, the, the weather for a Midwestern winter uh, was not too bad. So there's a lot of people out and about having a great time. Uh, they've been doing some renovations at the Union Station Shopping Center, which is right next to the Enterprise Center uh, downtown there. And they've put in like a new aquarium and a Ferris wheel and lots of uh, cool attractions kind of awesome. revitalizing downtown. So they had a really big fanfare weekend and there were just fans out in droves uh, braving the weather to come try to get their picture taken with the cup or get some autographs. Uh, yeah. and the lucky ones got to, you know, we got to go in and check out the skills competition. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. Now I know it's been a while since the, uh, the U S election, you made your debut as everyone knew, uh, famously during the CNN debate. That's been many years now. Do you ever, do you still get bothered being Ken bone when you go out to an event like that? I mean, are you still pretty recognizable or is that all kind of faded for you? Well, I grew a beard and I don't wear red out in public anymore. So that, you know, people don't generally recognize me. Usually if I'm in a big crowd, like out at the stadium, at least one time on the concourse, somebody will be like, Ken, and they'll just like yell at me and I'll turn and wave or we'll high five or something. But it's not like it used to be like a mob. Like I'd have to stop and do pictures for an hour every time I was in a crowd. It's nothing like that anymore. No, that's probably relaxing for your life. Now, I don't want to really turn this into politics because this is all about hockey, but I mean, it's almost impossible not to bring it up. The election's coming in the in the uh, in the United States. Do you have any plans to attend any of the uh, the upcoming debates? Has any of the networks approached you about that? Or is that one of those things where I know you just had signed up as an independent voter, right? Well, the the main debates, the three presidential debates between the two party candidates, those won't be until uh, October and or yeah, about October. Uh, and they're, they don't even have venues set yet. So they're still in the very early planning stages. I know it seems like the election might as well be tomorrow from uh, the amount of coverage that the election gets here in the States. Mm. But uh, it's it's really not for like nine and a half months. Uh, so that's all kind of up in the air. I've got some some dates coming up where I'll be traveling around and doing some stuff here and there. But uh, nothing official with any of the debates, at least not yet. No, that's awesome. Do you have interest in doing it? I would do it if invited. Mostly I would I would just want to talk to the people at the town hall debate. Uh, one of the three main debates will be the town hall format with 
just regular citizens asking the questions like the one I was at. Uh, and I'd like to talk to the people before they go out on the stage and uh, let them know what the experience is like and kind of try to take some of the nerves away from them. Uh, so uh, even if I don't appear on camera, I'd love to get a chance to go and talk to them. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, it's going to be another crazy election. I mean, if if it's Donald Trump versus Joe Biden and you're in the crowd, you might see a couple of old guys actually have a fist fight right on stage. That would actually be pretty interesting. You know, at this point, that's maybe the best thing that could happen to American <laughs> politics is we could stop just saying nasty things about each other while you know, the other person's not even in the room and just let these two old guys have their push up contest or whatever stupid thing they keep barking about. Yeah, I saw Joe Biden told somebody he called the guy fat or something and told them, let's do push ups. <laughs> I wonder how many push ups that guy can do. That's hilarious. But speaking of strength and uh, obviously pure athletic ability, that was on uh that was on display last night uh, down in uh, in St. Louis. And uh, what I mean, we'll start with the surprise of the night. And I mean, I don't think you would have expected this. Matthew Barzell beating out Connor McDavid for the fastest skater. How was that being in the arena and watching those guys whip around? Well, I mean, for uh, I know most of the folks that are listening are hardcore hockey fans and have been to a lot of games. But just in case we're we're picking up some casuals thanks to the All-Star Weekend. First off, welcome to the greatest game uh, in the world. It is unbelievable. If you get a chance to go see it live, go see it live. Because watching these guys skate on camera does not give you like a real perspective on how fast they are going and how hard they're hitting each other. And that was on full display last night. Uh, Connor McDavid skated an incredible lap. And uh, Barzell beat him out by oh, like three tenths or three hundredths, something like that. Three hundredths uh, of a second, yeah, I think yeah. it was something crazy like that. So I mean, basically a tie. <laughs> yeah, they're cruising at an incredible speed. They're getting up to like twenty-five, thirty-five miles an hour in the straights. Mm -hmm. uh, that's uh, you know that's an obscene speed to be going. Yeah. And when on Connor ice McDavid's skates. involved, I mean, I know he's doing an event and it's not so dangerous, but. I know that within the Oilers organization, they honestly get concerned about how fast McDavid skates when he gets hurt, like he did last year, right? He snapped his knee all apart because he just flies. Like he actually travels at like a dangerous speed out there. He's definitely uh, one of those guys in Barcel as well who can definitely kick it into another gear. Now, I want to ask, how was it like fan interaction wise while you're sitting in there? I mean, we see on TV everything on the ice and interviews and that, but like how interactive is is the crowd with the whole process? Like are all the mascots around? What, what, what What's it like from a fan experience? Like what was it like in general? Did you enjoy it? Was it good? Was it a fun time? Like, how, how was all that? Well, it was a tremendous event for the stands. Uh, I didn't see every single mascot, but I did see a lot of them. Uh, they were out and about interacting with the fans. Was uh, Gritty there or was he in jail? I didn't see Gritty. Uh, I think he was out on the concourse having a fight with a 12-year-old or something. <laughs> and you know what? I'm Team Gritty all the way. I guarantee you know, we don't have a video or anything, but I bet this young punk was trying to rattle Gritty's cage and he showed him how we do it in the NHL. That's right, man. And there's nothing wrong with that. And he's already it's just like Donald Trump with this impeachment stuff. I mean, whether you like it or not, some people have executive privilege. And for me, Gritty's above the law. Gritty can do what he wants. He's the most entertaining mascot in hockey. And uh, yeah, man, it even said in the story, like even if we hit the kid, it said because he hit Gritty on the head. So you want to smack someone in the head like the person in the costume is probably like a high school kid or someone working part-time anyway, man, you want to throw uh smack a 
a mascot on the head. Welcome to the jungle. That's the way they handle it in hockey. Yeah, this is not soccer. If you want to engage in a little extracurricular after the whistle with Gritty, he's going to show you how it's done. <laughs> I love it. So, Ken, big St. Louis Blues fan. Um, last night we see uh, Bennington. He he showed up and put on a pretty good show for you guys. How was that? Uh, like The crowd, I'm guessing, was super behind him. The more pressure you put on the Bennington robot, the better it performs. Uh, he is an outstanding guy under pressure. And, you know, going last has got to be tough, especially after a couple of the other guys put on some great performances. Uh, you know, he only ended up winning by one. Uh, but it, he was just uh, he was just electric. Uh, there was no, nothing getting by him. And I know uh, uh, it was really nice of Justin Bieber to take time out of his uh, schedule <laughs> and come in and take his shot in place of, uh, of Hurdle. Yeah, get out there and show so what he could do. That was so funny. And you know what? When Hurdle went out there in the Bieber mask, I was waiting for Austin Matthews to come sliding across the ice trying to take a picture with them. The amount of time those two spend together. I don't know about that. Austin Matthews, that was a weird situation. He was injured, too injured to partake in the event, but he shows up in like the Ron Burgundy suit and that kind of goes viral. Like was that, that looked like just a business meeting for Austin Matthews. He went there with a purpose and he got done what uh, he wanted to get done. Now getting done what they wanted to get done. The all-star event also was a big deal for, um, for the women's game of hockey, right? You saw the team uh, Canada uh, women's all-stars take on the all American all-stars and uh, the, the team Canada team ended up winning two to one. What did, what was your biggest takeaway from the woman's uh, game. I mean, I, I don't know if you spent a lot of time watching women's hockey, but if that was kind of your first look, uh, well, what did you see as a hockey fan? Well, uh, if there was like a, a women's NHL, especially if we had a team here in St. Louis, I would definitely follow it. These ladies have incredible skills in the fundamentals. Uh, they're a lot of fun to watch. And uh, I try to watch all the international competitions when they come about. Uh, sometimes <laughs> it's harder to get coverage of it. Uh, so I think that's a great thing that the NHL is doing is trying to give a little more visibility uh, to the ladies game. And hopefully that'll lead to it being a little bit easier to to check out some of their games, you know, in between uh, international championships and Olympics. Because right now that's some of the only stuff you can really watch unless you live in an area where you can go see it live. Uh, but those ladies can really play. Uh, they were flying out there and it was a blast to watch uh, the U.S. Uh, of course, there's going to be a St. Louis connection because I'm a big St. Louis fan. Uh, the U.S. goaltender, Alex Cavaletti, her youth coach was uh, her now her father-in-law, uh, now later in life, is Gino Cavaletti, uh, former fan favorite St. Louis Blue. So, yeah. you know, there's a little bit of Blues connection there, even in the ladies game. We'd love to see that. Yeah, definitely a little uh, a little hot fact that maybe people at home listening absolutely wouldn't have known, and that's why we bring you here, because you know everything there is to know about the St. Louis Blues. How are you feeling so far about the season for the Blues? I mean, we've only talked a little bit. You're still fresh off uh, ruining my whole entire 2019 uh, calendar year with that Game 7 loss. I don't think I've even recovered. I don't even think my life has been the same since that day. What are you liking post-Stanley Cup? What are you concerned about going forward? You know, uh, Jake Allen, uh, our backup goaltender, he's always had his ups and downs, but man, has he ever been our solid number two or maybe number one A, uh, you could call him, especially on the road. Been an absolute road warrior, as has the whole team. Uh, the Blues look excellent on the road. Uh, 
which as we know, by the time you get to the playoffs, that can end up being a huge deal. You cannot just depend on home ice to take you everywhere. Uh, so they've been looking outstanding. Uh, David Perron's really living up to his potential and all the injuries that the blues have suffered this year, you know, our number one scorer, uh, Tarasenko being out for the entire year, but you just have people stepping up left and right, uh, filling those gaps. You got your Perrons, you got your Sunquist, just, uh, putting up points. Uh, and you know, I knew that we weren't going to have another 40 goal scorer just you know, jump in and take the place of Tarasenko. But everybody on the team has upped their effort. And, you know, uh, Petrangelo is probably on pace to score three or four more goals than he ever has. Uh, O'Reilly just burning it up. Even when he's not putting points on the board, he is a factor every shift. Uh, You got your Rob Thomas out there. He's probably going to put up a near career high. So everybody's up in their, uh, their output by two and three and four points for the year. And that's what it takes to make up for a lost superstar like that. And the good news is uh, Tarasenko is going to be ready to rehab just about in time for the playoffs uh, to start really taking shape. The earliest he could possibly come back would be like the last two or three games of the regular season. It would be great to see him get like four or five minutes each of those games, just kind of warming it up and then see late round one or early round two. He'd be able to, to step in and start making a difference. Yeah, definitely the the St. Louis Blues. And I think the Boston Bruins the same. I got to give credit to both those coaching staffs, credit to uh, the whole organizations. You know, when you go on that long Stanley Cup run, and, I, and they beat the shit out of each other, those two fucking teams. Like, they were destroyed. They didn't have a full off season. There are some aging veterans, guys who have played in the league a long time on both sides of the ice. And you got... The Washington Capitals, they're in first place in the NHL. Then it goes Bruins, and then it goes Blues. So to see those two teams in the top three of the after the battle they went through to get to the Cup, and then the war they went through, which ended up seeing St. Louis finally beat Boston into the ground with heavy forecheck, forecheck, forecheck. The young D couldn't handle it anymore. Uh, are you surprised that maybe the Stanley Cup hangover wasn't as long or wasn't as apparent in this season? Well, you know, from hanging out over the summer and uh, getting a chance to see the players enjoy their time with the cup and enjoy the parade, uh, I am surprised that any of them could walk upright by the time (laughs) the season started. So it's incredible to me that they're putting on the performance. But, you know, the the core of the team is still very intact. There was only like one or two moves over the offseason and nothing really huge. Uh, And if anything, they beefed up the defense uh, by adding Justin Falk to what was already one of the premier uh, back-checking defenses in the NHL. Mm -hmm. So uh, you've got a high-scoring, beefy defense now with uh, Petrangelo, Falk, uh, Pareko back there who can put on some heavy shots, but they can also get in front of the net and (coughs) muck it up and be your fourth forward uh, sometime and letting one guy handle the point. Uh, so it's uh, it's really an amazing thing to watch. They put on such a high-intensity game, a lot like the Bruins, uh, heavy forecheck, uh, just a physically grinding game. But they seem to always come out on top with that. You know, it's the other team that gets ground down. And over on the East, that's exactly what the Bruins continue to do. Uh, you got a few guys who can really just grind out a game. And then by the time the last 10 to 20 minutes comes along, uh, Pasternak's the only guy who seems to be able to skate at full speed. And yeah. boy, does he ever light it up. He is having an unbelievable year. Yeah, he's at 37 goals. And uh, like, you know, I run this. Uh, we work out of Toronto here with the DeanBlendell.com stuff. And all the uh, my colleagues there are mostly Toronto Maple Leafs fans. So, Ken, I'm going to ask you this question. Right now, we got three guys in the race. We got Pasternak, 
we got Austin Matthews and we got Alex Ovechkin. So Matthews and Ovechkin are at 34 goals. David Pasternak's at 37 goals. Who is going to win the Rocket Richard Trophy this year in the NHL? I'm going to have to go with Pasternak because he's got yeah. he's got a better uh, he's got better protection around him, essentially, and especially when you have other threats like you know uh, Marchand out there. And I know you can't take anything away from the Caps. I'll, obviously, they're a solid overall team. It's not like Ovechkin's out there doing it alone, and no, Matthews not. either. He's not out there doing it by himself. But I think Pasternak's just got a more solid core that's able to give him better feeds and able to pull defenders away uh, with that Marshawn presence, you know, especially when they're working together uh, on the same line off and on. Uh, it, it just really opens him up to showcase his skills. And I think by the end of the year, he'll have, he probably wins it by five or six goals in my book. Yeah, I love to hear that, Ken. I love to hear it. Now, uh, before we go, I do got to say this is a Toronto-based you know, website we're working for. Toronto Maple Leafs right now sitting on the outside looking in on the playoffs. You know, they fired Mike Babcock, went on that huge run. You know, Mike Babcock leaves town. Everyone comes out, says he was horrible. The players come out and they're like, yeah, it's going to be a better atmosphere. It looks like it's going to be they get off to a start. But now reality sets in. The honeymoon's over. Ken, I'm going to ask you flat out. Will Sheldon Keefe and the Toronto Maple Leafs make the playoffs this season? I'm going to say they do. Uh, I think either the Isles or the Blue Jackets are poised to stumble and the, the Maple Leafs are going to slide in there, but they got to keep it up. Like you cannot depend on a coaching change to be the magic. I know they were not fans of Babcock, but who is at this point? Uh, but you can't just depend on a coaching change to get you where you need to go. All those guys are really going to have to st start pouring in a more complete effort uh, their roster is better than the 57 points they've got right now. Uh, so they can do it. And I think that the Islanders and the Blue Jackets are just overperforming a little bit. Of course, the Blue Jackets have been overperforming for a year and a half. So maybe I'm not giving them enough credit there. Well, yeah, uh, you see them lose Bobrovsky, Panarin, Matt Duchesne, Ryan Dezingle this season. And you, and, and there they are sitting at the top of the wild card and the, on the eastern side of things with 61 points. Uh, the Carolina Hurricanes continue to be a pretty interesting story. Uh, Justin Williams is back in town there. So, I mean, with between them two teams, the Islanders, the Flyers, uh, the, the, the Leafs are definitely in tough, but I kind of sit with you as well. I think they'll end up squeezing in and maybe having to play the Bruins or someone in the first round. Yeah, I don't think they're – they're definitely not going to go higher than a 7 or 8 seed because that's just almost – uh, outside the realm of possibility right now because you got the top two teams in each conference are just really solidly in there right now. But uh, the the tough part about trying to get back in a playoff race in today's NHL is you don't have ties anymore. Uh, you can't count on your rivals to split a point. So, like, if the Canes and the Flyers play each other, you can't, you know, cross your fingers and hope that they split the two points. Uh, right. One of them is going to get two points, and God forbid they go to overtime uh, the other team gets one also. So it really makes it tough to leapfrog a few teams. So at this point, uh, if the Leafs want to get in, they don't just have to knock out uh, the Islanders or the Blue Jackets, I guess, are, a little, are one point behind the Islanders. Uh, they got, for the uh, wild card, they got to uh, leapfrog over the Flyers and the Hurricanes also. So that's going to be their real obstacle. Definitely. Well, Ken, listen, man, 
I want to thank you for dropping by and letting us know kind of how the skills competition was. Now, was that a surprise for the wife? I know when we had first talked, you were like, I'm thinking of doing it. Or did she have some advance notice? Uh, We'd only talked about it like earlier that day. Uh, So it was, it was a surprise for her. And, you know, she's, uh, she's not new to the game. She wasn't a fan until we got together uh, about 15 years ago. One of our first dates was going to a hockey game and she actually fell asleep at her first ever hockey game. That's her in the background yelling. <laughs> I don't know if the microphone picked that up. She says, don't she, tell We picked that. it up perfectly. I love that. That's incredible. But uh, you ever, know what? Ever since you then, know... she's been a big fan, and she loves seeing some of the uh, the legacy blues, some of the alums, like seeing uh, McKinnis get out there with his wooden stick and put out a hard clapper. And, yeah, that must and, have been uh, so awesome being blues fans to uh, see it was the guy, a great 56 year old, still hit 100 miles an hour on the, with a slapper with a wooden stick. The that wooden was stick. incredible. Yeah, he was the king of the pre-composite stick era. I know uh, Zdeno Chara is the unquestioned slapshot master of the skills competition. Uh, he's the nearest nearest performer to him is like two miles an hour behind. But with the old wooden sticks and the old equipment, uh, McKinnis was just unbeatable. I mean, even back in his Calgary days, uh, he, he, hit a, he hit a hit, yeah he hit a goaltender in the in the face and knocked him unconscious temporarily to score a goal from the point. Uh, that's that's unfathomable stuff. You know? So it yeah. was great to see him out there lacing him up again. See Bernie out there feeding passes to uh, Pareko and, you know, see Hull. Is, I think that he's been in that state of inebriation since the yeah, playoffs the, last year. It's almost going to be a retreat time to rehab for that guy soon. I don't think anyone's told him that the last season's over. He always looks like every time you see him, he's just beat red. Looks like he's having the time of his life. We love to see the golden Brett, uh, uh, get into a few drinks and enjoy himself down there, Ken. I hope you did the same at the uh, at the skills competition, buddy. And I hope to talk to you soon. We'll catch up for sure uh, at some point uh, before the season and maybe even before this election. You know, I, I love to verse into I'm not just in a sports setting anymore here at DeanBlendell.com. We cover everything, all the hottest news. It's the biggest blog and podcast network in Canada. So you know what, man, we can talk about an endless amount of things. And I love talking to you, man. Over the last year, we've made a good friendship. Good catching up with you, Ken. Oh, you too. You know, I like talking about hockey the most. So if you ever have to prioritize me, I would love to come back. I will put hockey first. Absolutely. Uh, Hockey absolutely come first. All right, buddy. Have a great rest of your day. Take care now. Yeah, you too, man. Thanks. All right, guys, that was Ken Bone dropping in with an interview on Get the Puck Out. I am Chris Mancuso. Thanks for dropping by, guys. You can check out the podcast on any major podcast network, and you can get it at www.deanblendell.com. Click on where it says podcasts. You'll see Dean's show. You'll see Darren Millard's show, and then you're going to see Get the Puck Out. Click on that. And uh, make sure you listen uh, every week and catch uh, the latest and breaking news and all things hockey, guys. I want to let you know that if you are not running with Get the Puck Out, run from it. Take care, guys.